In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The candle that is hanging on the wall to the left of the altar is called an eight-day candle. As the name suggests, it will stay lit for eight days, but will need to be replaced at some point around that time. Thanks to the diligence of Fathers John and Hayden, who ensure the fire does not extinguish as a new candle is lit, that fire is a year old. The fire in that candle is the very same fire that was blessed at the Easter vigil last year, and represents the light of Christ shining in the world after his resurrection. When that candle is lit, it signifies the light of Christ is present here in the church, specifically in the blessed sacrament stored in the tabernacle of the altar. When we enter the church, we genuflect, because that is what you do in the presence of a king. We kneel as a sign of respect. At the end of this particular mass, we will strip the altar, representing the abandonment of Jesus by his disciples. We will take the sacrament out of the church and to the altar of repose in a separate building, representing Christ being taken from his people. We will put out that fire in that candle for the first time in a year. Today is Maundy Thursday. It is known for at least two reasons. One is that this is the night Jesus instituted Holy Communion, and this is why the liturgical color is, yellow, or is white. Second, it is the night Jesus was betrayed. From the epistle, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. St. Paul's epistle is referring to Holy Communion, and he includes four actions taken by Jesus as he prepares the Last Supper. Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and gives the bread. These are the actions the priest performs in the Mass. And you also notice in every account of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus takes the bread that was given to him, he gives thanks, an act of blessing it, breaks it, and gives it to the people. In the accounts of the Last Supper, Jesus takes the bread, after giving thanks, he breaks it and gives it to his disciples. It is evident that these four actions are significant because they are the actions of God. But God performs these actions on things not just bread. Jesus took from the Blessed Virgin Mary our human nature. In the incarnation, Jesus married our nature with his divinity. And in leading a sinless and holy life, Jesus blessed our nature and made it whole again. Tomorrow, on Good Friday, his body will be broken for us, that Jesus may give himself as the life of the world. When we give God a portion of what we have in the form of a tithe, God takes what we give him, and in blessing that portion, he blesses the whole of everything else. When Israel would bring to God the first fruits of their labors, which was at the time livestock and produce, and offered it to God at the temple, God took their tithe and mysteriously blessed the rest of their labor. This happens when we give God a tithe of our money. Money is, after all, the fruit of our labors. God takes what we offer him, and in blessing it, he mysteriously blesses the whole of our labor. This transforms our work from being futile to work that is purposeful and fulfilling. But so too, when we give him a tithe of our time in prayer or attending church, 
God accepted our gift of time. He then blesses it, and in blessing the time we give him, the rest of our time has been blessed. The rest of our time is no longer futile and purposeless. It now has meaning. Our day is rightly ordered toward him, and our week is on the right path. When we give God the first of what we have, he takes it and blesses the rest. It is set aside and made holy. In tonight's gospel reading, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. In washing part of them, namely their feet, the rest of them has been declared clean. This is why Jesus insists on washing their feet, even as St. Peter protests. But he does not go further in washing all of Peter, because in washing the part of him, Jesus made the whole of him clean. Likewise with us. When we give ourselves to God in baptism, confirmation, or weekly at the Eucharist, he takes us and blesses us. He makes us clean. We are justified before him, and nothing else really matters. We are forever children of God. However, now comes the hard part. He breaks the bread. Tonight is Maundy Thursday. We are here on the eve of Jesus being broken on the cross. In the Last Supper and in the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus broke the bread. In the Mass, the priest breaks part the host. You see the broken fragment when he presents it and says, Behold, the Lamb of God. The breaking makes it so the bread may be given. The taking and blessing sets us apart and makes us holy. The breaking happens so that we can be distributed to others. God doesn't actually break us, but he makes us ready to be given to others. After washing their feet, Jesus tells the disciples, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. These things I command you, that you love one another. Jesus has taken the disciples, and in blessing them, Jesus set them apart. He now wants them to go and bear fruit for the good of others. It is not enough to be set aside and made holy. They must grow. The disciples must now be made ready to give themselves to others as apostles and founding bishops of the church. However, the disciples will betray our Lord, and their brokenness will be made manifest to themselves as they see how they must grow. The disciples go through this in their own ways on Good Friday. St. Peter denies Jesus three times. Judas sells Jesus for a bag of money. Something is revealed in St. Peter when he does this. He weeps bitterly, and he knows that he must change in some way. Something is revealed in Judas when he does this, and he is not willing to bear what he sees. God has taken us and set us apart and made us holy, but we do not get to be blessed and made holy for our own sakes alone. We must be prepared to be given to others. We must bear fruit for the good of the world. God will grow us and mature us, he will reveal to us where we must change, both to our benefit and also to the benefit of the world. This process is not fun, but it is necessary if we are going to minister to others. Something was revealed to St. Peter about himself when he denied our Lord. Peter responded to that by returning to God and offering himself to God and receiving forgiveness. When he returned, he was taken and blessed, but God also grew and changed him. The sad thing about Judas 
was that he could have done the same thing. Judas betrayed our Lord, and this betrayal revealed something about Judas to himself. But Judas did not return to God. Sometimes I wonder what would happen if Judas did turn back and ask Jesus for forgiveness. How would God have grown him? How would God have used him as an apostle? This is a sad thing to think about. So the process requires that we continually offer ourselves to God. We must continually allow God to take, bless, grow, and give us to the world. Notice these actions are not done by God. Are not done. Notice that all of these actions are done by God. He is the one who breaks, blesses, takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. We do not do these on our own. However, God does not do these without our consent. When Jesus took on our humanity, he did not do so forcibly. He had Mary's consent. Mary tells St. Gabriel, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. When the people brought their tithes to the temple, they did so willingly. God never came down from heaven and took it from them. The process begins with an offering for God to take. Optimally, an offering with thankfulness. But we must continually offer all that we have and all that we are to God. In a few minutes, we will reenact the foot washing and we will celebrate Mass. Jesus will take us and will bless us with a gift of himself. After that, we will reenact the disciples' betrayal. Immediately after Mass, we will strip the altar and remove our Lord from the church. This means we will put out the eight-day candle, whose fire from last year's Easter is still burning. Deacon Bob Blythen once made a comment about the juxtaposition of what is about to happen, receiving a blessing from God and in the same moment betraying him. It is so easy for us to say or think that surely we would have acted differently than the disciples. However, this is hubris. We must pause and consider that we probably would have done the same thing as them. We probably would have received the foot washing, the Last Supper, and then immediately denied our Lord. But it is not hopeless. At Easter, a new fire will be lit, representing our Lord's resurrection. We have already been taken by God and set apart. So when we fall short, that has already been redeemed, and our growth is with purpose. However, as we go through tonight's liturgy, and as we witness Good Friday tomorrow, we ought to sit in the juxtaposition of receiving God's blessing and our own tendency to run from God. We ought to ask God to help reveal to us our brokenness and ask God to help grow us in ways that makes us better ministers to others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.